Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again for another exciting episode we've got for you today. As usual, sitting here with me, ready and raring to go, is Sandy McKay. How are you? Hey, Rob. Doing great. Uh, Christmas. Christmas uh, whole season was was fun. Lots of stuff with family, hanging out. Didn't go anywhere, not going anywhere. Just hanging out and having a bit of a staycation. And enjoying uh, some snow. Got lots of snow. Yes. So I hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My sister, my sister sent me a, a picture of a snowman that they built in the front yard. And then the next day, you can only see the hat. That would make sense. That <laughs> would make sense. That fell. Well, don't you miss it? Nice no, I'm good. Christmas. I'm good. My kids complain every once in a while, but uh, they, you know, I, I, I don't feel sorry for them. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> no, they're uh, no, we... good down there. Beautiful, a beautiful sign. I can see it behind you there. I'm sure uh, you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. We had a good Christmas too. We didn't. We we just stayed here. We didn't do any traveling at all. And uh, and I and I got a drone for mm-hmm. Christmas. So that's pretty cool. I've been messing around with that, and it is super fun. They're, they're, it's a lot of fun. And I've got uh, a couple listings down here right now. Um, so I'm going to go over and get some footage of, you know, fly over the beach and then land in the yard or something like that. It'll be pretty cool. So that's been fun. Sweet. Well, my one drone experience so far uh, is, well, two. I got one good, like, five-minute video. And then the next time, I crashed it in a island in the in Philippines. <laughs> it was like one in of those- the water. No, in the mount, like, uh, you know, those things that come out of the, they're like, uh, what are they? They're like limestone and stuff. They're like those, they look beautiful on photos. They're all those little mini islands and stuff that spear out from the, from the ocean and stuff. And they, there's a bunch crashed into one of those, like a hundred feet in the air. And, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Did you recover it or no? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's still probably it. still sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you had no way to get to it. So that, yeah, no way. <laughs> no. So because like the one that I have is a GPS tells you exactly where it is, right? Oh yeah, I know where mine. I knew where mine was too. <laughs> Just, <laughs> nobody was getting that. Nobody was uh, getting that thing. Well, maybe somebody from. got it. It's not you. Someone, someone's probably climbed up those things before. Someone will find it. But it's uh, it's super fun and, and yeah, great. You got some amazing footage. Yeah, so definitely. Be, I was bugging my kids. I was following them around. They were riding their bikes, so I was following them around. It, it, it was an, an annoying them, but really fun for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, everybody knows. Go to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There you can listen to all the episodes that we've done over the last nine years now, Sandy, nine years. Nine years. And, um, 
and they can get in touch with the guests because all of the uh, show notes are there and also ways to contact the guests. So if you hear uh, some really interesting information from somebody, you want to get in touch with them, that's the way to do it. And they can also get our free gift. Yeah, they can get the gift, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And when you sign up for that, you not only get the gift, but you find out about everything else we got going on, including webinars, property tours, seminars, whatever we got going on week to week or month to month, uh, you'll find it as uh, being part of our community and being part of our list there. Right. They call it a free gift, but really you got to give us your email and then, and then yeah. you, you go on our email list, right? See, it's, that's pretty much how but it works. It's, it's, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about the free gift. What is it? What are they getting? So the gift is a very kind of brief and straightforward way of how you can supercharge your investment journey by, um, a little bit of raising money elements to it. There's a little bit of a uh, Burr strategy, which we've talked about many times on the show, buy, renovate, refinance, and rent and repeat. And so it's a way to invest in real estate for starters, but also kind of supercharge that and invest and recycle your money over and over so you can get the best, what do you would call it, ROI, I guess, return on, on investment, but also return on time. And yeah, very cool. And I know most of the people that are listening to this are, are for the most part, newbies, I think. Um, into the investing world. So that's a really great way for them to learn a lot in a little bit of reading. So yeah. go over there and sign up for that and go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review if you haven't done that. It helps us get out there. It helps us get guests. It helps us uh, hear more about what you guys want, right? Because uh, without those reviews, we don't know. Maybe we're doing something or maybe we're overlooking something. You know, let us know. And uh, you can do that over on iTunes. Absolutely. And let us know because we want to know what we haven't talked about, what we should be talking about. There's so many topics out there in our, uh, in our space. And uh, we're always looking for new, interesting topics as, uh, mm. as the industry evolves and the economy evolves and the real estate market evolves. There's always different things to chat about. Um, we've got a new, fairly new topic, I think, today, actually, that's going to be interesting. Yes, we do. Well, without further okay. ado, let's, bring in our guest. Let's roll into it. Okay. Got here with us today, Myron Wellick. Straight out of Montreal. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's really uh, a pleasure and honor to be here. Nine years is uh, my hat's off to you. That that that's a miracle in the podcast world. You can appreciate, baby. Talk about resilience and consistency. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Hey, utmost respect and happy holidays to you and your family, guys. It's funny to th- it's funny to look back on that. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's funny to look back on that though. And um, I mean. We, we learned with the podcast, right? Like almost everything that we know. And we've had the privilege of having people like you on right. and learning from them, you know, a couple times a month for the last nine years. So I feel like it's been, uh, it's been just as much for us as everybody else listening. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and, you know, we're going to learn a lot. Of, I know perseverance is one of the, one of the words that Myron likes to talk about here. So we're going to chat about that a bit today, probably. And uh, I know we've had our versions of persevering through those nine years. It's, uh, it's been fun. Not, not an easy ride all along the way, but uh, certainly learned a lot and, and grown through it. Um, want to intro Myron here with a little brief bio, and then, uh, sure. Myron, you can add to it if you like. Uh, but you are uh, someone who is known as the jackhammer. So we'll learn a little bit more about what that means today. Uh, but even in the business of making deals for 40 plus years, uh, you're the host of the Jackhammer podcast and author of the Jackhammer Effects, which uh, I believe people can pick up on uh, on Amazon. Correct. And um, you've been involved in many different types of deals, brokered many deals, names of Heidi Klum, New Balance, FIFA, Madison Square Garden, Lacoste, New England Patriots, Radio City Music Hall, and more. Um, right. And more recently, you've also endeavored into, into real estate, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, in 2018, you met a young entrepreneur that you were impressed with and you relentlessly pursued him, wanted to work with him. Six months later, you ended up partnering and doing some deals together. And uh, two and a half years later, you've brokered over $35 million worth of investment right. deals in real estate and, um, and more. So we're going to talk a lot about that and, and why you're called the jackhammer. You're 69 going on 39. And, uh, and I know you love to work with entrepreneurs or investors that are in that 50 plus category and how they can, you know, achieve, gain more energy, more success, and uh, more enjoyment in life at that age. So 
looking forward to learn more about this. Thanks for having, thanks for being here. And um, anything you want to add to that? Well, absolutely. One of the key things you got to be hungry and not for food. Okay. So, uh, you know, after, after 16, 17 years of uh, kind of being down and out, losing a business and being down and out, uh, um, the only thing I kept, the only reason why I, 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 I'm still here talking to you guys is for some reason I didn't give up, you know? So I think my, my badass. Uh, uh, superpower is that I just don't give up. Being a jackhammer, as we all know uh, from the construction, but it's a good metaphor for life, is that when it, a lot of other things can't get through, it keeps going until it gets the job done. And it just never gives up. That's the whole point of the machine, literally. Uh, so after about like, like, like you mentioned, Sandy, uh, I had no experience in real estate. Unfortunately, I came to real estate very late in my life. You guys know better than me, real estate, I, I've learned is a very long-term game. All my investors are in their 30s and 40s. Uh, they have another 30, 40 years growing their portfolios. And meeting this, meeting this gentleman, I, I, I think this young guy, 30, 33, he needed financing. It spoke to one of my skills, for example. He needed, he was building his business, multiplexes in Montreal, off-market. He had already started, but he needed to grow. And I helped him find over $10 million in financing over a year or two years. And then one day I went to see uh, a property with him that he had found off market and he was renovating. And I said to him, which, which I normally do when I see an opportunity, I said to him, Joe, uh, uh, can I, what if I find for you? Can I find off market? He says, Myron, what do you know? I said, I don't know. Tell me how to do this. And I really had no experience, of course. He told me what he did. He told me how he did it. But his company was growing, so the timing, because timing is everything in life, personal and professional, I'm really learning that the hard way. Uh, uh, and, and he said, well, sure, if you can help us find off-market properties, uh, great. We came to uh, an arrangement. And I'll never forget one thing he said as a very smart guy. I was really at a very low point in my life, guys. And he, I said to him, and I just, I said, so, so, so give me a job, pay me X amount, and, and let, me, let me work for you. And he turned to me and he looked, he said, Myron, you're 67, 68, which I was then. You don't want a job. I have a gut feeling about you. You don't want to work for me because you're going to be limited. I think you can go as far as your skills and your drive is going to take you. Go out there, as scary as it is. And it was one of the best advices. He was 33, 34, but one of the wisest advices he gave me. Scared as hell after 16 years of really floundering because hitting rock bottom. I found them one, two, three properties, and then I expanded over the two years to where I am now, over 45 investors focusing on greater area of Montreal, Ottawa, the surrounding secondary cities and multiplexes and, 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 and industrial warehousing. But one of the biggest things I think I've done in the latter part of 22 as the interest rates, everything exploded, is I've made numerous affiliations, I call it, not formal partnerships with with agents, with people, uh, professional people, uh, who I, who, with investors, where we work together, you know, sharing the remuneration and finding either off-market properties or investors. This has really expanded radically my network. So, if anybody listening, one of the mm. one of the big things I could suggest is, you know, hundred. It's a cliche, but it's true. Hundred percent of zero is zero. So, if if you could find similar people where you both bring the value to the opportunity, like anything, personal or professional, that's a tremendous win, tremendous win. And it just radically increases your opportunity as, as I, as I'm doing right now. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a, I guess I'll put it this way, a lack of a scarcity mindset, right? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 I kind of always, I never believed anybody was impossible to connect to. I don't. And if I don't connect to them, like I reached out to you guys, then I move on to someone else. There's always more. So I start with that. Number two, the skills that I need in real estate, you know, being, as they call a bird dog or a consultant, whatever you want to call it, are skills I've always had. Perseverance, tenacity. I mean, I just got to, as soon as he gave me kind of like a brief agenda, the initial investor, I got on the phone like a bull in a china shop. And I, I, I called all kinds of, Mortgage investors, notaries, accountants, lawyers, anybody I could think of who would know investors or know properties and agents. I started to build the list. And you know what? You'd be shocked from, from the clarities of the world, these big, the Boffman reach of the world. Down, 
I connected with a lot of people, believe it or not. And you may say, who am I to have connected? But again, again, it's a cliche, but it's very true. I've lived it. If you don't ask, you will never, never, never get. Ask. Go out there. Try. Doesn't work. Try again. Try someone else. Sooner or later, if you're out there, something good is going to happen. Absolutely. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking to you. Trust me. So, so let's talk about it a little bit. Um, let's take it from where you were mentioning that you started with like two or three deals for this guy. So right. what did you do? How did you go about doing that? Let's, you know, dig into a little bit. You're starting from nothing, right? And so what I'm did starting you do? From, zero, from zero. So one of the things I, and, and he told me a little bit, but he's a busy guy. If I could figure out the kind of thing, then what do I need you for type of thing? He didn't say it, but that's what he would say. So I'm going to give you a little bit of <clears throat> direction, Myron. And the rest, you're, you're 67, 68. You've kind of been an entrepreneur all your life, which I have. Figure it out. You're resourceful, which he was right. So what I did is one of the things is uh, every week I reach out to, 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 to agents in Montreal looking for, uh, um, you know, who listed. But I, 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 I speak to them about if they have off market because, you know, the great thing about real estate, I love anyways, because I'm I, I'm not afraid of the risk, is that you don't make anything until you make a deal. Other than that, you could starve until you make a deal. But when you make a deal, sometimes it's a lot more than the average person ever makes in a year or two years. So you really have, agents are like a gigantic sales force. You're all working toward the same thing. Everybody wants to make a deal. I, I came up with a kind of, I created my own kind of, uh, formula and documents whereby my investors remunerate me. So the agent, all he or she does is make money if we successfully make a deal. So I reached out. To, well, right now I have several thousand agents on my Rolodex over a couple of years. And it's increasing all the time. Looking or being in touch or being connected as often as I can, if and when they ever have an off-market property. I reach out to professional people. Uh, I reach out to, 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 to mortgage. I reach out to as many different people as I can who I think may have access or knowledge of a mar of an off-market property or a, a new investor. I, I went another big deal, which I could share with your audience. I constantly always went to ne networking. That's why I met the initial investor. I, I went out there. I it, As bad as I was mentally and physically, and especially mentally, guys, and I was really bad. I was, I, I was very bad. I couldn't even get out of bed at times. And, 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 and at 60-something years old, I still went to these events. And by going to these events, I was kind of like rejuvenated. Everybody's in their 30s, number one. They're not in their 60s, 30s, or 40s, right? Or 20s even, young entrepreneurs. Not in real estate. The weird thing that happened to me, and maybe somebody was watching me finally after so many years, I had this entrepreneurial angel that this gentleman I met, who, like I said to you, was in real estate, came to this event. He really had no business being there. No more you guys wouldn't have come because it was not a real estate event. It was just a general entrepreneurial. And we started to talk. So I continue to do all that. And that's basically the thrust of, uh, uh, of, my, um, of my initiatives. And diversifying in terms of properties and opportunities, affiliations, that kind of thing. So um, what's the, is it 100% necessary for it to be off market? And why? It yeah, in my area it does because investors, uh, uh, my you know my market dominating position. The power of what I do is most of them you know they don't have a time to look twenty four seven for off market. On market they can find it as easily as you or anybody else can. I don't have the same value. My value becomes off market to them an opportunity, not necessarily a, a deal but a great opportunity. Obviously, if they buy it, it's a deal for them. So they look to me for off market. But what they know is that I'm a royal pain in the ass, but a good pain in the ass. They love that. And I keep feeding them. And I've also believe in something else called a volume game. It's a numbers thing. My best investor, who I've done over 10 million with, uh, we've done, that was on three deals, three, three or four deals, correct. Um, that was after 100 properties sent to him, or 70. I mean, not exaggerating. It was a lot of things that he just passed on. Of course, we're, we're, we're not a fit. But I have to keep going, right? You don't have, you, you just got to keep going. So how do you identify whether something is a deal or not? 
I, I, what I do is I have, uh, every time I meet an investor, I get their criteria. We send out an investor criteria. We, you know, we look on specifics, for example, uh, um, what the cap rates are, for example, price per doors, location, amenities. Um, we, 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 we look at the revenue versus expenses, what they're looking for, which, of course, like you say, your business and podcast has evolved, has evolved dramatically since, well, 2018 or 2019, correct? Because of interest rates and inflation in Montreal, just like anywhere else. Um, and basically, I, I decide the criteria based on the feedback from my investors, which certainly there's a consensus. Generally, they, 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 they generally don't uh, flip my, my profile with few exceptions, they buy and hold and they look to optimize generally and keep it over long term. That's generally, there's different profiles as we all know, and there's no right or wrong, there's different types of investors, but generally the 30, well, 30, early 40s investors who's building his or her career or REITs that I have, generally look to, um, to, to, to optimize, whether it's six units or 100 plus units. Okay, and you're sticking to like like six units plus kind of thing. Yeah, I stick to it. I go to five sometimes, but that and it could be a hundred, two hundred units. But but I also have to emphasize this relationships. I make it my business as much as possible to have coffee and meet with all my investors. And it's really a human thing. I mean, they like it. We talk. We go back and forth. I I I, I don't just reach out to them. Whether it's emails, I send them updates or phone calls. You know, I want to know what's going on, what their thoughts are, because as we all know, it's changed, especially now, it's more radically changing than ever. So it's a fluid, ongoing situation. You just you, you just can't go to sleep after you make a deal or reach out to someone after you make a deal. I mean, I have testimonials from investors that I have not made a deal yet, but but they know the passion I bring to it, the sincerity I bring to it, the transparency I bring to it. So I think that's radically, impo radically important. And, 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 and that's why they're all, you know, generally speaking, if I call, they'll answer me or take, you know, take my call or get back to me because they, they know why I'm calling. I'm only calling mm -hmm. for one. You told us a little bit of your story, but let's go back. Like, tell us, I mean, Sandy brought up some interesting stuff in the, uh, in the, um, in the bio, but like, tell us, tell us how, tell us a little bit more about your entrepreneurial career from the beginning. I'd love to. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so yeah. before I real estate, um, in 2000, one of, the, one of the things I'm pretty proud of was working for somebody who had the license for Heidi Klum. We all, I guess people know who Heidi Klum is, America Got Talent, but this was 2010, 11, 12. And at that time, the Lululemons of the world were, were really growing that whole, what's called athleisure business. Hope I'm pronouncing it right. And, and that, was, that was kind of exploding. And, and many different people were, um, companies, businesses, were starting to imitate it because it was successful, as they should. And, and the person I worked with, like I said, had the license. At that time, Heidi was still married to Seal, and, and she was pregnant with her last kid and just finished her maternity, and they made maternity, and they were all saying to each other, well, what do we do now? Okay, like they had the right, you know, maternity's over, what do we do now? So, so, so I said to the person I worked with, I said, uh, he had the rights to Heidi Klum worldwide. And I said to well, uh, I don't know, ask Heidi. He had the direct connection. He could speak to her, not me. And he said, uh, I said, well, maybe maybe we could partner with, uh, uh, you know, do like an athlete leisure with Heidi. She was notable even then. Uh, very successful model and entrepreneurial woman, a brilliant lady. Uh, very brilliant lady. Very sharp lady. And utmost respect for her. And he said, what do you have in mind, Myron? I said, well, maybe we could partner with an uh, athletic company uh, like a Nike or whatever, someone like that. He says, um, Okay, so do some research, Myron, and tell me what you want to do. So, so I did, and I thought after my research, guys, I, I you know, I, I, even Nike then was thirty billion dollars. Adidas was forty. I mean, it was like numbers that are insane for someone like me. You know, I was talking to God, the financial God, and the Republic companies. I could never talk to them. I even I, I would know that. I don't waste my time. But in in looking and researching, I saw the New Balance company, which we all know, was very low key. Okay, they were only, and I'm not gonna. Uh, 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 and I say this most sincerely, two and a half to three billion. For most of us in the world listening, two and a half to three billion, I would think it's not a bad volume every year, okay, in business. But compared to the Nike Adidas, they were shrimps. They were they were the local corner store. And they were very low key. But they always made a great running shoe that people knew. But they never sponsored us athletes. They were a private company still. And their women's wear sucked. It was terrible. 
I mean, I think they knew that. If you look at it then, not now, but if you looked at it then, it was really bad. Okay, it was like back to 1910. It was ridiculous. Okay, so I said, tell Heidi, maybe we'll reach out to, to New Balance. What does she think? Because we need her permission to reach out. Otherwise, I'm wasting my time. And he did, and he asked her, and she loved the idea. And she asked him, well, who, who, who does Myron know in New Balance? Which is a correct question. Like, and he said, nobody. She looked, she said, what do you mean, nobody? I mean, uh, yeah, what do you mean, nobody? It's New Balance for that. What do you mean, nobody? I'll, so so what, how the hell is he ever going to get to New Balance? I mean, I love it. He said, leave, leave it with him. Just leave it, let it be. Because he knew me, my, the guy I worked for. He knew me at that point. So anyways, a year I, after months and months and months, I did connect with, with somebody. It was not easy. Their headquarters, world headquarters in Boston, Mass. Okay? And I did, had, did connect with them. The fact that they're not public, it's still a boys group and all that. And, and we made the contact. I knew that Heidi Klum was a powerful. I knew they needed it. Okay? If they were hopefully smart enough. If the, the, the biggest challenge was not that there wasn't needs. The biggest challenge was making the connection to identify most of the time. So, so even then, she, she, she was a great way of, of, of skyrocketing their female business, okay? Great way. You know, well-known and, 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 and great influence. And she was, would love to have a running shoe after her. I mean, very big, very big deal. So a year later, we made the deal. We made the deal. And, and then the other thing what happened is um, Radio City Music Hall, Madison Square Gardens, I was working for, uh, uh, believe it or not, a tourist app in New York City a couple of years ago only, found me uh, on Kijiji or somewhere, I forget how we found each other, brought me on board and said, I need to create more strategic partnerships. That's the other thing besides real estate I'm extremely good at. And what can you do for us? They're based in Manhattan, only in Manhattan. And I did this out of Montreal, right? I don't live in New York, they've been there, but I, you know, I know New York well. It's no secret who Radio City and, and, and Madison Square Gardens are. And this was a young entrepreneur. And so I reached out to them and I made the partnerships. I mean, the reason they made the partnerships is not because it necessarily was so lucrative. What I played on really is I, I realized that, that this was a new, young, New York-based, uh, generally, uh, travel app, tourist app, and they needed some help. And these were big, Madison Square Gardens or Radio City. These were all... And, and, and they agreed to partner. And Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, these are big New York. So they agreed to partner. I created those partnerships. And the other thing was New England Patriots, what happened there is during the pandemic, actually in 21, guys, um, I, we, I connected with somebody in L.A. who knew who was doing uh, PR work for SEAL. <laughs> Heidi's husband, a former husband. What a weird situation, eight years after. But exactly what happened. And... and uh, uh, he could not do live but live shows, right? We had 20, I think it was 21 still. He couldn't do live. And I said I asked her, the lady, who 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 he who is he like? And being from England, believe it or not, he loved football and he loved the New England Patriots because they're called the New England Patriots. And he's from England. It was very weird, but he's very knowledgeable. And I said to him, okay, he'd love to do it, you know, virtually or whatever. He loves football, loves New England's most favorite team. So what I did is I reached out uh, after many, many calls. I found the right PR people in Boston and New England. I connected with them on their mobile because nobody was in an office, of course. And they, they, they got back to me. And they loved, they loved the idea of SEAL. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. We arranged the Zoom. He was extremely knowledgeable about football. I mean, more than I could ever be. Great Zoom. At the end of the day, he didn't do it because... Uh, uh, because quite frankly, he, the money wasn't right for him. Okay, it wasn't enough for him. Bottom line, he didn't feel so. But it, it just unfortunately. But he was an extremely engaging, uh, knowledgeable, sharp individual, and the remuneration just wasn't uh, appropriate for him. But just okay, I, 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 it happens. But but I made a great connection for New England Patriots. Those are a couple of uh, things that I've done. Yeah, that's awesome. That's funny. Uh, some some interesting stories there. I, I love hearing the different uh, you know entrepreneurial journey yeah, stories that, that we go through that are that are uh, when you look back on them, sometimes crazy, uh, exciting. Sometimes a little you know exciting people, but the deal doesn't come together. I mean, but you, like you said, just kind of keep persisting through it. 
Um, Did you ever feel like during the time, sorry, Sandy, I don't mean to interrupt, but I I have to ask this question. Did you ever feel like, and I've felt this way many times, even during real estate coming up and and especially starting out in wholesaling and whatnot, like, um, did you ever feel like, you know, how is this my place? How, how do, like, what, you know, what gives me the right to try and do this? I feel that every day, all the time, every day. The only difference is, and anybody listening, I can tell you, that's okay to feel that way. That's healthy. That's normal. The only, what's not okay is not to keep going. Because what I've also learned, even from a, a silly thing like, I, I, I'm going to bring it down to its smallest little denominator, you know, like spinning and exercise I do. I Even being on this podcast, I've never been, you know, not too many anyways. And I said, and I, and I before I meet you guys, I, I, I choke up with a lot of anxiety because, you know, I just do. That's why I am. But when I come on, hopefully, as you can see, I I love it because it, it's yeah. really where I belong. So when I'm talking to Seal or when I get into the conversation or, or not Heidi or New Balance people or the real estate people, it's like I'm alive. You know what I mean? It's like I come alive. I just It's kind of like trying to get over this uh, emotional and mental threshold or fence, you know, this kind of this, this invisible fence that that just keeping you away. But that's really, I, I think for anybody listening, it's really uh, 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 summarizes almost everything we, we want to do or not want to do and separates those who do it or not. It's about, it's about like I like to, I love this expression called shyness costs you money. You can't be shy, you, you know, unless you're an accountant. No disrespect to accountants. I love accountants. But I don't know if they, you know, unless they're, unless they're going to do a TED Talk. But generally, if you want to do anything, you go out there. I've learned the hard way. The worst that can happen, it doesn't work. It's not going to kill you. It's not a medical issue, thank God. Then you keep going. Because whatever you try, there's many different ways to get it done. But for sure, it's, it, it, it's a cliche game. But it's true. If you don't try, nothing ever, ever is going to... The only reason I'm talking to you again is I kept going out, going out. But I feel that every day, like you said. Every day. Well, it's a very thin line, too, between, like, a lot of times between doing something and not doing it it's like it's sort of right there right and all you got to do is just teeter one way or the other it's so true i have to i have to like psychologically mentally i walk around i build myself up i hold my dog i have to do a whole kind of like uh song and dance to myself to get up enough nerve and then i go in in mood you know i drink my coffee i feel better and then i feel unstoppable and and there's sometimes i feel I'm not going to even call my brother. I just don't even feel like up to it. And no disrespect to him. It, it, it's because of me. But, but but you're absolutely right. But I'm only happiest at best when, 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 I, when I take that chance, when I keep going. How do you, how do you now in a real estate, putting on a real estate investor's hat, how do you, if you're someone who's listening maybe and they're, and, they, and they're saying to themselves, well, you can't be shy. And they have that thought in their head. Well, they go, well, I am shy. I've been shy my whole life. Or I'm 30 years old and I feel like I'm a shy person or more reserved. What are some, like, what, what would be a tip or a strategy you'd share with them to get them out there more? Because, you know, and I know they need to get out there more if they want to make, you know, make stuff happen. How do they, you know, what's an actionable item around doing that in a, Great in point. a week, to week to week or month to month sort of a scenario? I, 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 I would say, I, I would tell people, you know, what do you want to do, number one? If it's, let's say it's real estate, in your case, in this case, what do you want to call? Look at the mirror. What do you want to do? List three things that you want to do or two things that you want to do. What do you need to do them? One of the things that I think is a, a, a safer way of transitioning to where you want to go is find like-minded, find people that are doing what you, what, what you want to do, okay? Reach out there. Meet with them. Connect mm-hmm. with them. And, 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 and make it a goal, specifically, I would say to anybody, you know, anybody listening, make it a goal, make it a goal that you're going to reach out to people or organizations that are doing what you want to do or where you want to be and, and, and then make a connection online or offline. It doesn't matter. I don't give a damn what you do. You can do it anywhere in the world. You can do it in person and then go one step further, make a meeting with them, because when you push yourself sometimes you, you, you become your biggest enemy and your biggest friend. So when you push yourself, you, 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 you're able to, 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 um, to, to, to realize that you didn't die. It's not over right now. And then you take small steps. The key is small steps. List the steps. One, two. And then 
check it off. Check off the box. You know, don't what we I think get very uh, dazzled by or, or distracted by is is the big goal. So right. it, how am I going to make the 200 or 300 grand a year or I'm going to or do this? It's just where do I start? You know, mm-hmm. like you say, where the hell do I start? I mean, so I would break it down to small steps like so many smarter, wiser people have said before me and then check it off. Step one leads to step two, step three. What you're going to find is that it, it, it creates movement and momentum towards the commitment, which is very, very critical. And as you check it off, if you're checking it off and you're honest with yourself, not if you're BSing yourself, um, you're going to get stronger as time goes on. And you're going to have more choices. And it's like driving where you don't know where necessarily you're going. The answers will become clearer as you get further down the road. And right. Yeah, we've used that metaphor a ton of times on the show, I think, right? It's like right. driving somewhere. And when you hit the red light, okay, now you figure out what to do next. And it'll turn yeah. green and then you can go to the next one. Yeah. Right? Where we, a good way to put it. Where we break down and get crazy, myself especially. I mean, I've only... I've only learned, unfortunately with me, I learned first things last. Like, I'm going to be 70 next year, guys. And I wish, you know, I met you and talked to you when I'm in my 30s or 40s. I'd be that much stronger and richer and smarter. But but I didn't. It is what it is right now with me. And I keep emphasizing, if I could come back from what I did after being so down and out and and, and, and my age, you know, I mean, then then there's no excuse. As long as you want it, anybody can. If, if you don't, my only answer is you don't want it bad enough. There's no question. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. I, it's a, you're wasting my time and you're wasting your own time. Well, only because we love to talk about overcoming you know, challenges. Let's because you've mentioned it a couple times, right? Being being really down at a certain point. So tell us, like, how, like, why that happened and how you got out of it. Well, I lost. You know, good. So I lost a business in 2002. One of my secret weapons, and it's going to sound very dramatic and cliche, but I'm going to have to share it, is, is called love. It's as simple as that. I'm fortunate to have a woman married to a, to, to a lady that, that's put up with me for 35 years. So, that, that, and, and especially when times get extremely challenging, uh, it comes in handy, okay, that, that someone really gives a damn and two phenomenal kids. I can never, 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 never underestimate that. So I think if you can have whether it's love or a friend or family, if you have somebody who really gives a damn whether you, you live or die there to help you, that's also help, helpful, extremely helpful. Putting that aside, just something in me that I kept going, okay? I, it, in spite of um, uh, 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 feeling so low and hitting rock bottom, I, 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 always, I always somehow felt, even subconsciously, that, that, that there would be, I would get another chance, I'd get another opportunity. And, I guess the only only uh, takeaway that I can suggest to anybody listening is keep going. Get out there, meet people that are doing what you want to do. Network, 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 and keep going. And because you never know what's going to happen, don't stay home. Don't you know? Or, or don't not go online, for example. Don't lock yourself up. Don't become your own prisoner. That was my. I, I think my biggest, despite all the trials and tribulations and the roller coaster ride, guys, that I felt. That I lived with, I think that was the, the biggest asset I had. I never gave up being a jackhammer. What is a jackhammer? Well, a jackhammer is just someone who, who keeps going when there's sometimes no reason to keep going. Who really believes there's a new, there's an opportunity around the corner, even though he doesn't know what it is. It doesn't matter. Why do people when they're um, why do people in their you know you, you talk about the fifty plus crowd? Why do you think people in that demographic have uh, have specific challenges around that? And and how do you how have you done it, or how do you recommend others uh, kind of keep going and get regain energy in that stage of life? What I what I've learned, I think I think remember one women are a lot better at this than men in terms of fifty plus. My experience between in terms of sometimes I think I I think resilience they're a hell of a lot better. Okay, in terms of, of of living with the world the way it is, as 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 they get as people get older, a hell of a lot better. Like they leave men in the dust, in my opinion. Generally, I mean, my wife or others or women entrepreneurs. I I, 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 I think you know it gets to a certain point, fifty plus, as you know, 
where people uh, start to have to make decisions uh, eventually. Do, do I kind of wind it down? Do I semi-retire? Do I retire or whatever? I can't speak to those who retire and semi-retire because personally, I'm never going to retire. Okay, if I had $100 million, I would. I just, I just love doing things and being things and, and, and being involved in things and creating things. And I, I think I have a lot that, that, to do still. So uh, I, I'm not slowing down anytime soon. But, but, and for the others who, who, who also want to be entrepreneurial, I, I just, I could say that I think that the 50 plus, one of the biggest challenges sometimes is health. You know, the, the, uh, the narrowing of years that you have to, to build whatever you're trying to build. So I'd really look at what you're trying to do. I'd look at the kind of financial investment or risk because uh, you don't have probably many, many, many opportunities left to, to come back. I like somebody in their 20s or 30s who can, you know, lose it all. You know, it's not it's not the end of the world. They may think it is the end of the world. I know that. I don't blame them, but it's not. And they have time to come back. I, I you become cognizant of time where before you don't, as you should. And I think you have to approach things, I think, any age. But anyway, particularly 50 plus or 60 with a sense of urgency. But at the end of the day, if you want to do something bad enough, and there are many 50, 60, and 70 entrepreneurs who have this dream, him or her, of some business, just go and do it. And if you look at Google, how many people are 50 plus doing it? Martha's Vineyard, Mar Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> Martha Stewart started her business 50 plus. The Home Depot person started it in his late 50s. Ray Kroc was in his 50s with McDonald's, okay? I mean, I can go on and on. There's some very famous people, the latter, late 40s guys, 50s, who started their empire that today we take for granted. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Kentucky Fried Chicken. I know it sounds. I think it was in his sixties. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. He, he he was in his sixties. So, and, and they're they're not necessarily isolated. There are many, many, many people out there who maybe not as iconic, as famous as we know, who are starting all kinds of things, and it's growing by leaps and bounds. But I think the important thing too for everyone to remember is like that's not their first idea. You know, and not the first thing they ever did, right? They were trying other things before, and it got them to where it got them to that point. Absolutely, it built on their, it built their their mind in such a way to have the idea of doing those things, right? Um, where okay, and then speaking of that, where do you see your business going now in the future? I see that uh, in real estate, I I need to scale it. One of the things that uh, I hope, which I've not done any, I I you know. I, I've been, um, which I don't want to be uh, a kind of a secret. Like I, I found my invest, which is the last thing in the world I want to be, right? And, and you can hear me. I, you know, I, I, I'm not shy. I, 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 I've, I found my investors, and 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 my property really um, organically, like back in the eighties, before the computers came, before internet came, before social media came, and that's okay, but it's not enough. So I hope to leverage guys more social media. Uh, the Jackhammer brand, okay, hope to, to be out there more in, in Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever is appropriate, uh, because I, I think I have things to say, and I think I have people I can help, make an impact, and so I, I hope to leverage that. I hope to increase my investors exponentially. I, I also am working on uh, better, more sophisticated ways to find off-market properties. It's a never-ending pursuit. Expand my geographical network. In terms of cities that I'm uh, doing what I'm doing, and who knows? And maybe people who want to learn how to do what I do, they have to have a little bit of a jackhammer in you. But the rest, um, I I can help. There's no question. Create these satellite jackhammers everywhere. So there, there's there, there's a lot of opportunity because when people work with me and talk to me, you know, if they didn't see me, they would think I'm twenty something or thirty something. I like exactly. I mean, they, they would. I mean, they just you know. It just, you know, they're all saying that blows their mind, you know, I mean, and, and it's, and that's, and, I, and they say, why, why at 70 almost are you so, and I said, it's not just because of the financial needs and all the other needs, which are some, but even if I had, and, and if, and, and when, when I do, I just love, love the idea of creating an entrepreneurial. And that's why I guess people in the thirties and forties, people in the earlier stages of their career professionally, I gravitate to because they have they're only looking to go out, okay? They're only looking to build. Uh, whereas people, understandably, 
in the latter stages, 60, 70, 80, are generally, are generally, there's exceptions, many, are looking to wind down. I mean, I, I, I have this expression, 65 going on 35, and, and, you know, or 55 going on 35, however it may be. So I, I, I think mentally for me, it's much healthier to be as many people, as many people in their 30s and 40s as I can. And, and by definition, I am because my real estate, my strategic, because the people older are not generally into it. And that's, that's a godsend. Even family and friends, I, I limit it because if you listen to them, understandably, you know, they want to wind down. They want to go to Florida. They, it's not my, I can't do that. I can't think that way. Well, we're definitely rooting for you. You know, we love the energy and, and want to thank you for coming on again today. Oh, I love it. And, 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 and anybody, I, I want anybody listening to write down the three things that they wanted, that they need, that they want to, they want to do with themselves. And then they break it down step by step, take one step, two step, and they can email me if they want. I'd love to hear their success because they're going to be successful. There's no question. The secret is to keep going. If after 16 years of being down and out on pills and all this crap, I could do it. Don't, don't, don't tell me, but don't tell yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Well, I think that that's like the, the most important lesson too is, I mean, again, it's like eating the elephant, right? right. You eat the elephant one bite at a time. And, but, but the key to like, it's like knowing where to bite it, I guess, first, right? right? So you gotta, you gotta get really clear on the smaller goals. And like right. that are going to lead to the bigger one, and then take the step, right? That, because you're well, you know, in nine years, you guys had trials and tribulations. You have ups and downs. You have you have differences of opinions as 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 partners or like that. It's normal, just like we do personally and professionally. You got to be bigger and overcome it, okay? But it's but 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 I learned the hard way. I know now, not too late, because I've given a second chance. Is to break it down to its smallest component. What? Really? Because it's the only way. Otherwise, it's overwhelming. You're never going to start. Mm. That's great advice coming into, into the new year here, too. Uh, this will be one of our, 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 our newer episodes in 2023. So I think that's a great starting point for people, too, is to oh. to uh, to start with that and, and kind of start with the end in mind, too, and then just look at those baby steps along the way. Um, that's one, of the reasons, one of the reasons most people miss out on their uh, resolutions, right? They kind of give up because they, they don't see themselves losing that 20 pounds in the first two weeks. They go, ah, it's too big, too big of a hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. I started to exercise two, three years ago. It's another thing physically. And I really didn't do a lot of it. Not that I had a weight issue, but I, I needed to do that. You can appreciate that. Everybody needs to do that, but especially get older. And the biggest challenge, even now, you know, oh my God, I say it's not the most fun thing in the world sometimes to, to do. I do spinning. You know, I'm the oldest person. Everybody is like, 20-something-year-old girl, you know, and I'm the only one 69 seconds. And they all look at it. They, they love it. But I, the key is the consistency because I know how I feel, fortunately, now after I've done the spinning or the biking or the workout. So I, I push myself to it. It's still not my favorite thing to do. I can tell you a million things I'd rather do. Talking to you guys is a lot more enjoyable than doing any spinning. That's for sure. <laughs> well, um, let's... Uh, how can people get in touch with you? You mentioned your email. Let's yeah, you can put my email at uh, myronwellick23 at gmail.com and the footnotes. I think that's a good way. I'll be on LinkedIn. Put my link. I'll send you. Uh, uh, like you say, I have my I have my uh, book, The Jackhammer Effect: How to Break Down Doors and Make Business Deals Happen for Those Who Believe They Can. Uh, um, but the biggest thing is, guys. Uh, uh, don't sell yourself short. Tell your anybody listening, don't cheat yourself. And whether you're 22, 25, don't think what I'm saying is for, for 60 plus. Because whether you like it or believe it or not, the time is going to eat away at you very fast. It's your best friend and your best enemy. In a snap, it goes. Don't waste it. Well, very important advice. Uh, thank you, Myron, for being on today. Thank you, uh, Julie. I mean, <laughs> well you've got your podcast too what's the podcast but i was gonna say man you sound like you could talk for another hour yeah well the, big surprise right the podcast called the jackhammer effect and basically uh -huh. you know uh it, it it was interviewing entrepreneurs or or anybody not just any business i call an entrepreneur anybody who's starting something it could be an organization nonprofit, business 
And going forward, we're gonna we're gonna you know, not coincidentally, I'm gonna try to focus more on fifty plus entrepreneurs. As much as possible, people starting there are a lot of fifty plus people who've ran a business for twenty three and are still running it. You know, that's pretty very common. But what really gets me excited, which is harder to find, uh, but 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 still multiple people who are starting at 48, 49, and 50, and then building it. I mean, that takes a lot of, a lot of guts, a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, it it does, and it's and it. I mean, it's hard to say. I'm, I'm not I'm not in that age group yet. It's hard to say though with the, with the amount of uh, of time people have in life these days. I think and and that that getting a bit longer um, for health reasons and and science and all that. I think there's there's lots of lots of reasons to to really look at fifty and being like, well, I'm maybe halfway through. I mean, there's still so much time there. You're, you're either gonna enjoy it and do great things, or you're gonna fizzle away and do yeah. kind of nothing, right? I mean, what's the alternative? Absolutely. And the other thing that's been very important I have to share with you before I forget, because I always forget, I was very late at it, but but I have a mentor and a coach. And I think that's very, very valuable. But the challenges and the problem is with all that, and I know it because I've lived it, God, is that a lot of the coaches and mentors, quite frankly, are not inexpensive. They can tell you all the plans they want, invest in yourself. You know, it, that it's, it's not what it costs. But the bottom line is when you have to juggle uh, paying rent, buying food. I know I've been there. It's all bullshit. I've lived all that. Don't tell me all that, okay? Because if I, and you don't know if it's the right person, so I pay you a thousand, two thousand. It's all garbage. Don't tell me that, okay? I have been very, I was lucky and maybe fortunate. Thank God that I met this gentleman. I'm going to say his name, Joe Fournier. He's been phenomenal. He's made it very reasonable. I met him through another business that we worked on that the person needed funding. It didn't work. The person's out of Salt Lake City. He's an extraordinary guy. And he's my mentor and coach for the last six, eight, nine months. And 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 it's been reasonable, it's been fair, it's been invaluable for me. So I would recommend anybody, not just even a coach, just a mentor, somebody that you could talk to, that you respect, uh, that that could give you information, advice. I really give a damn, and not just looking at the at the bottom line. It's mm-hmm. it's incredibly important. If you have some extra bucks, then any kind of coach. The problem was that. Is you got to find the right fit, or the challenge with that? Maybe it's a better way of putting it. It's not so easy, but you're spending money while you're your you're child. So people can tell you whatever they want to tell you. The biggest thing also do what's good for you. Mm. Okay, you know these are all there are too many platitudes around out there. It's easy to talk if you're in a certain position or coach. It's too many bullshit platitudes. I hate all that crap. Do what's good for you, because ultimately you know best. Whoever's listening, what's good or not good for you. Don't let anybody anybody ever tell you differently i agree i love that advice too because there's many many naysayers in this oh. in this area right of real estate terrible yeah. <clears throat> how can people get in touch with you yeah uh best way is uh, through social media uh instagram facebook linkedin or they can always reach me through email sandy at freedomreps.com and people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. And I do want to leave everybody with that word of advice from Myron. And that is like, be a jackhammer and always stay with it. See you next time. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.